Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Of radio. On this week's episode, we're going to get into some really, really cool equipment. We're going to talk to Trong Nguyen. And Trong is the founder of Homebrewer Lab, where he makes some of the most amazing gadgets for homebrewing. The cool thing is he hasn't invented anything new. He just takes things that have already been invented and he makes them better. So stick around this week on Homebrewing DIY. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Trong Nguyen. He is on the show talking to us about Homebrewer Lab, a company that he's founded where he takes some pretty amazing ideas in homebrewing and just turns them up to 11. He juices them up. He makes them amazing. Some of the best equipment that I've ever seen comes from Trong. You got to check it out. So we're going to talk about his approach and some of the cool things that he's invented. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY, and you can give it any amount. It's because of you that this show can come to you week after week. I just want to thank all of our Patreons. And the cool part is, is that if you're a patron, you can give as little as $1 and go ad free on the show. So... I mean, to me, that's a, a huge value. And I want to thank all of our patrons, our patrons who have stuck with us all throughout the break we took here over the winter. But we are back. And as you can see, I'm being consistent. So very happy about it. And just kind of talking about this Saturday is Big Brew Day. Pretty excited to brew a batch of beer. Still haven't figured out what I'm going to brew. It'll probably be more of a last minute thing. And I have been brewing with the beer maker machine 
you can look at the episode where I had that team on and we talked about that machine. I have mainly been brewing with that, though my kegging system with it, it comes with a beer maker tap that has now started to leak and is no longer really holding pressure. So I have probably going to have to figure out a different method. I think I'm going to just get like a, a two gallon keg or a 2.5 gallon keg. And uh, I'm going to take all of the beer after it's done, take it straight out of the bag into the keg and just pressurize it that way. And the cool part is that you're going to listen to it in today's show. Trong has a little bit of a piece of equipment that I think will actually help me with this little project. And we'll talk about it later and you'll understand which one it is after you listen to the interview. But uh, pretty excited about maybe that solving a little bit of a problem with me and my brewery. But yeah, this Saturday, big brew day. Make sure you have your AHA membership up to date. Not that that matters as far as Big Brew Day goes, but you should just support it. They, they're they a great organization and they are part of it. And not going to attend HomebrewCon this year. Was hoping to, but just isn't going to work out. I've got a lot of travel this year and just from work. And so it looks like that is going to cross over into homebrew con, but I am gunning for next year. Hopefully it'll be someplace closer to the West and that'll make it easier for me to go. I am planning to definitely go in 2023. I think it'll be a good time, but for those of you that do go have a great time, it'll be a great show and uh, enjoy your time up in Pittsburgh. Well, I guess it's time to jump into this week's show. We're going to talk to Trong Nguyen and we're going to talk to him about all of his cool inventions over at the Homebrewer Lab. I'd like to welcome Trong Nguyen. He is the founder and creator of the Homebrewer Lab, which is a eBay store, kind of randomly. And he makes all kinds of really amazing, and I'm going to say this is amazing, Trong. You make amazing homebrewing gadgets, and uh, I'd like to welcome you to Homebrewing DIY. How are you doing, Trong? Hey, pretty good. Thank you, Colson. Thank you for being your guest today. Ah, man, we have been working on this show getting you on this podcast for about six months and I am so glad it's finally happening. So thank you so much for, for being here. And I, I need to describe what you do to people because it's kind of what you do at homebrewer lab is kind of amazing, which is nothing you do. Isn't something that hasn't been invented before, right? For example, you have uh, the three products that I know that you have and that you've, you've invented are essentially things that already exist. Like, uh, for example, and I'll just use one for example, and let's talk about this one out the get-go. For example, you have a floating dip tube. Now, I tell people all the time, you know, ferment and kegs, floating dip tubes are, are the way to go. And that, it does exist. It's about, you know, you can get one for 5 to $10 off of, like, you know, more beer, and it's the round ball with the floating dip tube. And they all, they, they work, but they also have problems. And then you made the Floatit 2.0, and your version of the floating dip tube is by far the most well-thought-out, meticulous version of a floating dip tube I've ever seen in real life. And I'd love to just kind of hear, like, 
what is it you you saw in the old version and what you were solving? And I'd love to hear like how your approach to designing the new one was. So uh, let's start there with the floating dip tube, the float at 2.0. Well, great. You know, I, I, I always thought that um, fermentation in a cake uh, is the best way to, uh, to making beer. And in order to do that, if you, since you have a cake, you can ferment it under pressure. And when you're under pressure, you can go up instead of going down at the bottom. You know, you don't have the conical bottom valve because you are you pressure to push thing up. If you give you the pressure to push thing up, and if you can collect pour in the liquid from the surface, then you get clear beer sooner, and, yep. and you don't have all the trough thing. But people have floating dip tube for for years. The problem with the floating dip tube that people have is that the the float and the intake are not synced. Meaning that, that you have a bar and you have an intake hanging under the bar, which means somewhere along the line, the inlet tube will get to the tube or the sediment before the float. And at that point, you have to stop doing because you're going to start sucking in a lot of stuff that's going to clog up your puppet valves. So, yep. uh, that, so you end up having, when you finish your cake, you have a layer of beer, like even a few quarts, even half a gallon of beer at the bottom. So yep. that wasn't good. So I create, to improve that, I, I link the inlet tube to the bar. So the, the floating bar and the inlet tube hit the surface, the bottom at the same time. So meaning you leave very little beer left. Now, that's for version one. And then I realized that uh, you still can suck in a lot of, uh, of sediment. Yep. Uh, so I put in a filter, and instead of putting a filter, I put a double filter. The outer filter is 500 microns. The inner filter has 300 microns because I don't have a lot of surface area for filtering, so I have to go through two, two steps. So with two steps, it's more efficient. Uh, and now I have double filter inlet hitting the ground, the, the thing at the same time. What end up is... I can take sample anytime during fermentation. I don't worry about uh, clocking my puppet valve because everything come out in double filter. And then when at the end, when I hit the bottom, I open the cake, I look in there and say, holy hell, there's no beer left behind. <laughs> so then I call my double floating, floating dip tube, no beer left behind floating dip tube. And, yeah. and that's... <laughs> yeah, but, but here's the thing is that... Uh, I, I I have a float at 2.0. You, you you sent me one uh, when we started this conversation. You were like, "Hey, these are some of the things I invent," and 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 you you sent it to me. And I will say, this is the most well crafted. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because you 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 probably wouldn't say this about yourself. This is by far the most amazing floating dip tube I've ever seen in my entire life. This thing is like so well engineered. The quality of material here is really high, uh, and and yes, you've got the the double kind of screen. And, and this in is there. really simple. Yeah, you very know what simple. I, I call, I, I call, I use whole chipman trail technology, meaning you minimum. You know how the the, the, the vehicle. I'm from Vietnam, so we're from the south, and we lost the, the war to the people in the north, and the people to the north came down, and they go on. On a, a trail in in the for in the jungle, and they use it bamboo and bicycle, 
and okay. they won the freaking war. <laughs> so I, I always said, that we, and, and that trail is called the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Yep. So, so I, I, I tell people that I use Ho Chi Minh Trail technology to make these things. So if you're looking at my floating D2, the connection between from the inlet to the tube is a safety pin. I take yep. a, safety, a safety pin and I cut it and I bend it and I squeeze it inside and it works so well in many levels because it's easy to connect, but then you can also use it with the bar float that everybody already have, or you my float. My float is not a, my float is cylindrical float, uh, so so there is some benefits for my float versus other people float, uh, fl- float, and the rest of the world have bar floats, and I have to make my depth filter inlet works with my float and the bar floats. And so I have to come up a really simple way that everybody can benefit from the double filter inlets. So that's, uh, and all these things are, you know, simple engineering, but also clever. I call clever engineering. You minimum material and give the best result. Yeah, so when you think about, like, for example, how you, like, like, for example, let, let's take the float at 2.0. What is it that in your mind made you realize that there was kind of a better way, right? So, and you've done this with multiple devices and we're going to talk about each one today, but I'd love to hear like your approach really when thinking about like you have a homebrewing problem, you see that, hey, this needs to be done in a better way. How do you catch that, and how does that work in your brain? Like, how how do you see those kind of things? As as a biologist, I always look at how things really work in nature. And if you study the way the, all the things that happen, wonderful that happen in nature, are very simple. It's simple, and it's the best. So, you, whenever I look at problems, I always my first initial solution is always very complicated way overcomplicated, and the more I grind at that, the simpler it gets, the simpler it gets, the simpler it gets. And finally, when at the end, it's so freaking simple, and yet it's the best solution. So in the floating deep tube, they're here, here's the problem with floating deep tube is you don't want to clock up your puppet valves. You don't want to leave a lot of beer left behind. And those are the really... And you don't have to have a floating deep tube that only pull out air instead of liquid. So you, those are the common problem with floating deep tubes. So how do you address those things? So in the address those things, I, I figure out why it happened. And I've devised a solution for those things. And yeah. using the least costly, the simplest way to get things done. Because, you know, after all, a, a brewing beer, we can't spend too much money on this stuff. Oh, dude, that's kind of, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out the $1,000 solution for a $2 problem, right? That's be, that's part of being a home brewer right there. Uh, yeah. When I think about, like, the so looking at all of your inventions, right, these are high quality, like, the, the types of materials you use are always really high quality, right? So I, I'd love to hear kind of, like, when you think of, hey, I'm going to make this solution, we're also how do you kind of pick the materials you use? Cause you do use like your stuff isn't super expensive. Let's get this out of the way. Now we're not going to anybody who orders something from you. We're not talking about this being a $300 floating dip tube, right? This is all totally affordable stuff, but the quality of what you use is like a hundred times better than the plastic ball. You're going to get from yeah. a normal floating yeah. dip tube. For, for how do you example, pick that stuff? Uh, 
uh, as, as a scientist, uh, we work with the best material. And for silicone, the best kind of silicone to you is medical grade silicone. Medical grade silicone that lasts longer, they don't get hardened over time. So I use the best silicone material. And for the stainless steel, I use either 316 stainless steel or 304 stainless steel. Uh, so I only use stainless steel and silicone in my in all my devices, uh, especially the thing to contact into beer. And another another problem that I found with floating dip tube that I didn't mention before is all the floating dip tube in a cake, you have to make the connection from the silicone tubing to the hard tubing inside the cake. Yep. And you do that with... You don't see what the hell you're doing. You stick your dirty arm in there and try to make the connection. It took 10, 15 minutes to make the connection. So that is a that is a huge first the first problem that I discovered. So I have to figure out a way how to put a floating dip tube in there without having to stick my arm in there. So uh, so I I'm create a way to, uh, the floating dip tube. You know they have eight millimeters or 516-OD tubing. So you put that sucker in through there, you cannot put the silicone tube over that, that stainless steel tubing. Uh, so you have to make the connect inside the cake. So I said, well, if I can make the, the stainless steel tube six millimeter instead, and therefore I put a silicone tubing to there, then the whole thing, the silicone and the stainless steel tubing can go through from the outside. I don't have to make the connection inside. So ah. I call that no arm in cake floating dip tube. That's, I think I will want the But that's a problem, right? That, that's just one of <laughs> yeah. the many problems with them. Hey, so one of the things that, one of the products that you have that is one of my favorite things is you have the Spundit 2.0. It's a spunding valve. This spunding valve is probably the most high quality spunding valve I've ever seen in my entire life. And I would love to hear from you what was it that you were trying to solve with this spunding valve and 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 really what was your approach to engineering it better yeah well you know the the turn out that the spunning valve is a very important piece of uh, uh, tool that you use for f pressure fermentation uh, a lot of people think that just control the pressure, but there are other things you can do with the spunding valve. With the spun, since you can control the pressure, you can ferment it at the precise pressure. You can, if you have a way to adjust the pressure accurately, repeatedly, in a precise fashion, then it's get a lot more fun. But in order to do that, you have to have the best pressure relief valve. And the company, we have a, an American company that's been around for years and years, and they make the best spunding valve uh, in the field. And because they're also very small, they call it miniature spunding valve, uh, miniature pressure relief valve. And they use mostly in, in dental industry, in medical application, in, in engineering, scientific engineering. And that thing is really expensive. It costs about $30 just to buy the, the their PIV. So I managed to convince them to sell it to me because I use that and I love it and I want to use that. Uh, but they're too expensive to, to pay $30 each time. 
And so I managed to talk them into selling me at a wholesale level, even by a hundred units or more. But they're because as a medical device, the way they build a thing is when they leave the factory, everything is sealed up. You don't want anybody to get inside of it. And that work that doesn't work really well in the home brewing uh, world because when we brew beer, shit happen. You know, you you especially just fermenting beer under pressure, the Krausen overactive overactive Krausen can get inside contaminated, and you have to be able to get in there and clean it up. So I have to talk to them into selling all the loose part before they glue up, up together so that I can design a way so that they can we can take it apart to clean up when, when, when these things happen. And then I also want to make it in a way so that we can see how it happen when we adjust the, the pressure that you can actually see the piston move up and down the adjustment to, which means we have to make it clear instead of black. So I talked them into let me make it clear. And then I, but since you use the spunning valves, the only thing you can see is the piston and the pressure gauge, but you don't really know whether you are all the way to the to the pressure you set, or you already passed the pressure you set, you have to have a visual. And I have the visual in terms of like a, a bubble like that you normally see, they, they call it an airlock uh, valve. And I use the airlock valve so that you can see the bubble bubbling activities so that you can know whether you are, a good way to monitor your fermentation level uh, when you brew in a stainless steel cake when you don't see what happened inside. And I call that the thermometer, and that allows you to, uh, to, to visually see what happened during fermentation. And since it's a, a rather you know, costly product, I don't want it to be just to do one thing. I want to, it to be what I call the Swiss Army Nice Spunning Valve, meaning that I can do other things. You can use that to ferment a two keg. So you have an auxiliary part in the back. So you can ferment it, you want spunning valve for the fermented one or two or three keg at the same time. You can also use that for pressure transfer. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to, well, I'm stopping here. So, because yeah. I have your spunning valve, and I had no idea you could do this. So, in all reality, you could yeah. buy. You, you literally have are selling one spunning valve to rule them all, right? Because if you could take one spunning right. valve and attach multiple kegs, you could basically take a manifold and attach it yes. to it, and all of this could be like the one spunning valve that works on like three or four different fermentations happening at the same time. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And then you get that during fermentation. You can so use it for purging. You're, 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 you're purging. For example, if you're doing the fermentation, you have a lot of CO2 coming out, right? And instead of just go out up in the air, you can use that CO2 to push the cake that ultimately you're going to transfer the beer from your fermenter into that cake and you want to get rid of all this, the air. So what you do is you daisy chain, you put the spunting valve at the receiving cake at the end and you hold the thing through so that during fermentation, the CO2 would go through uh, 
go out of fermenter and go to your 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 receiving keg and then go out uh, at the spunning valve. So when you finish, you have a, a keg that have no air in it. So then if you want, when you're done, you can transfer, you, you transfer yeah. the beer from your right into it. And it's into an oxygen free environment. Uh, dude, like yeah. there are people who are trying to invent gadgets just to do that one thing. And this is just included in your spending valve. This is awesome. Yeah, and you can do that precisely. You can do pressure fermentation transfer because you can use the spunning valves. You can actually control the the pressure. You have the best counter pressure transfer because you actually can pressurize your your fermenter and you can pressurize your you and then you can adjust the spunning valve so that you can control how fast the beer can flow because by adjusting. The, the knob on my spunding valve, you can let the beer move fast or slow. And because of the thermometer, you actually can see the bubble so you can see how fast thing flow beer go through. So it's, it's really cool when you do that. You can adjust, turn the knob and see more bubble go through them and beer going fast. Uh, toward the end, you turn it really slow. So you don't have a lot of foam in your receiving cake. I, I gotta admit, Trong. So one of the things that we're talking about here is the fact that, like, you have the spunding valve. It's called Spundit 2.0. Just so you guys know, if you Google it, it'll come up. Uh, but and I'll put a link to it in the show show notes. But one of the things I want to kind of explain here is the fact that you have this spunding valve is a little more. Exp- it's more expensive than you know your twenty dollar or thirty dollar spunding valve. It's not overly expensive. You're looking at about what seventy dollars for your spunding valve, and and yeah, let, in the let, U.S. <laughs> in the U.S. and but let's talk yeah. about it. In the U.S., you've got a seventy dollars spunning valve. In this spunning valve, you have medical grade quality. You have medical grade quality, like stainless steel mm. build here. You've mm. got the ability to just set the dial to a certain color, and you know that that's the PSI that it's set at. And then three, you have the ability to actually take multiple fermentations and run them off of the same spunding valve and also pressure transfer using your fermentation to transfer other beers. I, I, I mean, in all reality, what you've basically set up here with just a spunding valve is the ability for somebody like me who I have three taps with three kegs, but I also have three other kegs that I ferment in. And essentially, you've just made it so that my brewery can all run off of one, one spunding valve. And you do it for less yes. than a hundred bucks. I mean, the it it's a, mm. I, I get admit if of the products that you have, right? Uh, yeah. And we're going to talk about more. But for me, this is the one that I think that when you talk about home brewers and you talk about the level of hey, I I what what problems does this solve for me? I I got to admit, this solves a lot of problems with one product, and it's crazy yeah, to think wait, about. I, and more than that, Colter, uh, you can actually, let's say that you brew beer and you have a bunch of kids and who they can't drink beer, but they love carbonated product. They like carbonated water or have carbonated apple juice. What you do is you put a bunch of small cake, a series small cake, like two and a half gallon or 1.75 gallon of water, uh, apple juice, cranberry juice and you daisy chain them so then at the end 
you put your spanding valve in. So during fermentation, you produce a lot of CO2. Yeah. So you run the CO2, go through the water, and come out, go to the apple juice, and go out, go through the cranberry juice, and go to your spanding valve, right? You can adjust the I mean, whole in thing. In all reality, you're, you're, just pu- all- you're pumping 15 PSI through the whole chain. Right, and yeah. you put those things in your cold place. You put those things in, in, in your refrigerator. So then by the time you finish your fermentation, you know, you can have beer, your wife can have the apple juice, uh, you know, <laughs> sparkling apple juice, and your kid can have sparkling water, soda water. You don't need soda stream. You My have wife all would rather have things. sparkling rosé, but, I, we, you know, that, that's a whole <laughs> You thing. can do that, too. <laughs> hey, you, you, you can do that, too. You, you, put a, you put a little cake, small cake, you know, with a, uh, and then you daisy chain, you flow your beer through your carbonation through that, and you have... Uh, delicious. It's really, really nice uh, carbonated uh, rosé. What kind of cool things are you working on next? I think that that's, I think that's honestly the next question. W- what's in your future? Take a bottle of champagne. A bottle of champagne, you know, have 90 PSI pressure. And every time you open it, uh, you, 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 you love champagne because of the bubble uh, and the taste. And with a bottle of champagne, unless you open it and you pour it, you drink the whole finish on the whole bottle, if you leave it the next day or so, it becomes flat. And people hate flat champagne. So I say, well, what happened if I put my picnic tap on a bottle of champagne? Then I can pour myself a, a glass, put it away, and go back the next day and pour another glass. And it, a week or so later, until the bottle is empty and just... The, the I don't the the champagne doesn't go flat because I don't lose too much pressure. Air doesn't come in, and there's so much carbonation inside a bottle of champagne that have plenty of pressure to push the liquid out. So I I made that product, and it worked really well. And I call that the champagneur. Champagneur is basically a picnic tap 2.0 for a bottle of champagne. Now, so that worked really well, uh, except that. You know, you know how champagne stopper. When you put a champagne stopper on a bottle, you have you have two hands. You have yep. to put it on. You have two hands with two wings. You have to clip it down, right? Yep. And then it take. Uh, uh, so I said that takes too much work. So when, then I said, oh, what happened? I make a champagne stopper. That work like a disconnect. You know what a disconnect like? You you see it on a ball lock disconnect, right? Yeah. You push it out, and you push it. You put it on, you pull the ring, and you press it down, and it clip. And, and then when you remove it, you you pull the ring, and you throw it. So basically, it's one hand. You put it in, up, and on easy, and on the champagne. So I create that, and it worked beautifully. Now, uh, you don't have a picture of that yet, but because of, it's a disconnect, and don't have the wing, two wing around it, so the thing that goes slide up and down it's like a tube. The tube is about t- one inch high and about one and uh, and a quarter round. So, okay. so it's not just a sh- champagne stopper, but visually it's beautiful because it's like a ring. It's like, think of it like a napkin ring, you know, yeah. like you put a ring on this and that ring I made out of metal, I make it out of aluminum, anodized aluminum, and it's beautiful. Because now 
not only I have a champagne stopper, but I have a ring that gorgeous shimmering metal, and you can push up and down that you lock it easy one hand. So now uh, I'm ready to introduce our products, but then I'm really got bummed up. You know, we all feel bad about what happened to Ukraine. You yep. know, the war in Ukraine. So I say I'm I'm gonna introduce this champagneurs. The best champagne uh, stopper in the world, but I want to use the opportunity to raise some money, uh, you know, to to support the refugees uh, uh, crisis in 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 Ukraine. So I'm gonna sell that thing, and every champagne I sell for twenty dollars, I'm gonna donate ten dollars. Basically, all the profit go to to do this, uh, and that ring that I was talking about. I make it two color. The one on top is blue, and the one bottom is yellow. So, so then it kind of represents similar to the color of the Ukrainian flag. But I don't want to make it like a flag because you know it's be boring. So the line, the demarcation line between the the yellow and the blue, is not straight but kind of wavy. So it's like you look at a field uh, on the mount, uh, on the uh, the field, and you see. Uh, you know, like we growing this way and, and the blue sky above. And I want to have that done with anodize right next to each other. It's very difficult to do. So so I finally figured out a way how to create two colors on the little ring that, <laughs> that have anodized. And I got it to work. So it's, it's going to be really, really beautiful. And I'm going to sell it. And I call it the, the Ukrainian victory Celebration champagne because we know that Ukraine is going to win. We're going to get this sucker <laughs> ready. So whenever, whenever the, the, the victory comes, we are going to pour champagne and and celebrate with 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 the Ukrainian. And meanwhile, we can sell it and raise some money to do some good. So I that like that the, the product that called the champagne. Now that's not the end of it because then I have to make it so that everybody can have this thing. Meaning. If you drink champagne, you can need a champagne stopper. So you can use it as a basic champagne stopper. But then you say, well, if I, I don't drink it often enough, like in a restaurant, and I sell uh, champagne by the glass, I want to make sure that my $10, $15 glass of champagne tastes good. So I want to put a champagne, champagne stopper with a bar lock disconnect on top of it, bar lock post on top of it, which means that I can open because I can take it up and put it back on so fast. I can take it up, pour a glass of champagne, sell a glass of champagne to a customer. I put the, the thing back on, and I inject that with carbon dioxide, CO two, to up to fifteen psi, and then I put it away. So then that champagne will never go flat. The next day, if I sell a, a glass of champagne for fifteen dollars, I feel comfortable. But that glass of champagne was just as good as when it first opened, right? So that's yeah. We have three versions that people can use when if you drink champagne, you 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 will need this thing. You either at the stopper or the injectable stopper, or is a, a one that you can. Because in the restaurant, people have a restaurant readily so they can re-inject it easily. But at home, people don't have CO2. But you don't need to inject CO2 because the champagne have a lot of enough pressure. If you engineer correctly, you can enjoy it more than pressure to keep the champagne. Yes. So, 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 so then 
But then it, it's a champagne stopper. So now we have a way, a, a visual way to the ring around a champagne is like a canvas that you can add thing to it. You can add messages to it. You can add name of restaurant to it. You can decorate to turn to an art piece. You have a collection of these things and, and it's removable and exchangeable. So when you have a collection of these things and when you're not on a bottle of champagne, you can use it as, as napkin rings, you know, for your for dinner party. And if you have a wedding, you can uh, celebrate, you can put the name of the bride and the groom on it. So that is more than just a champagne stopper, you know? So uh, that I, is, since I'm you gonna asked, t- that is my name. I'm going to tell you, Trong, this is, uh, as somebody who sells to restaurants for a living, I'm going to tell yeah. you right now, there is actually a market for this. And I'm excited to see what you make because, uh, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe you and I need to talk. After this, because uh... well, that's why I, I <laughs> beginning I asked you about your your Russian connection because we need to talk. Because culture, they they can use the thing. This thing is cheap. You know, Coravan make this one and they sell it for four hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. My I, thing, my thing is sell for thirty nine dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, yeah, it's a steal, man. Well, well, Tron, yeah. I I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on Homebrewing DIY. I I. I'm so stoked you, we finally made this happen. And here's what I, I you're going to send me an email with all the links to all your stuff. So head over to homebrewingdiy.beer. I'm going to link to all of the products that Trong is selling uh, the Spundit, the, 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 the Float It, and we're going to send it to the Picnic Tap 2.0. And uh, when, you, when you get your new thing out, when you, when you do get the, the, the champagne uh, set you're working on, I will make sure that uh, I I help promote that as well. That I I love all your inventions; they're so cool. Uh, and thank you for coming on the show. I want to thank Trong for taking the time to come on the show. It was a great conversation. I had some recording issues when we did our interview in the middle of our episode the recording actually stopped and we missed an entire product he has this thing called the tap it 2.0 he kind of talks about it as he's talking about the champagne and so just note that you will when you look at the links you can check out the tap it 2.0 it's a pretty cool product it is the shortest picnic tap i've ever seen it's about three inches long yet it doesn't foam He's, he's kind of got that knocked out and you can do it at 15 PSI. It's a cool invention. Head on over to Trung's website or Facebook page or eBay store and check it out. And uh, I think that's it for this week. So that's it for this week. We'll talk to you next week on Homebrewing DIY.
Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now